0: morning friends so good to be together um, and today we are going to continue in our journey through luke um, as a church and if you're joining us i trust that this is good for you um, today's passage is um, so we in matthew matthew talks about the beatitudes or the, that jesus teaches on the sermon on the mount um this is luke's version of it so it's a little bit shorter it's a little condensed it's luke only highlights four of the big Um, Beatitudes or commands that Jesus gives to his disciples, to those that are going to follow him. And today's one is an interesting and tricky one because it deals with loving your enemy. Something that is a a very hard thing to do. And I want to from the outset say, hey, I get this. We get that, that this is not the easiest or the most natural response to someone stealing or taking from us or posing as an enemy in our lives. So let's read together first and see what Jesus says. Then we're going to look at maybe some of the reasons why we battle with this. And then we're going to land with some hope in the gospel and hope in, in why we can love our enemies and, and where we find the strength and power and, and motivation in and the heart to even want to desire to love those who are our enemies. It might be very helpful today for you to, 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 to practice this preach a bit. And what I mean by that is, as we preach and as we speak, ask God's Spirit to maybe um, bring a person or maybe it's two people to your mind. That you are really battling with that in your heart have have become almost a, um, a, a an opposition to you, a an enemy and an opponent to in your life. And and if and if you are struggling to find grace for that person, then maybe um, just thinking them with of them in the in the back of your heart and your mind as we preach will maybe help you. And trust that God's Spirit will use this to soften your heart and convince and show them how we can love our enemy. Let's read together first. But love your enemies, and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, as your Father is merciful. Jesus, thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you for also being a Savior that that calls calls out of us and us to a higher way of living, and a higher way of loving um, Jesus, that you don't just leave us as we are, but you, your spirit and your gospel changes us. Thank you that, that the gospel is not just something that we heard 15, 25 years, a year ago, and we got saved, but it's, a, it's it, it is a power that continues to transform our lives. And as we look at your word, as we look at the gospel today, I pray that you would do a transforming work in each one of our hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is radical. He's not holding back. He's like he's starting this revolution, saying, "I'm going to show you how to live differently. I'm going to show you how how my love, how how I can in my kingdom, how we live differently to the world." It is completely opposite to what we would expect or what anybody in the day would see or hear. We we have different approaches. Most of us, um, when it comes to rules, there's this. We fall into three categories. I think. I think the first one is. We, we, we read this rule, and we feel um, overwhelmed, or, or or we feel like, this is I'm not able to live like this. And immediately we go, this is just overwhelming, this is just, I'm so discouraged, I'm not even going to try and attempt this rule. And maybe some of you, when you've read this, already said, oh no, here we go, I'm going to click, I'm going to change channels, I'm going to go find another preach that's that's easier to listen to, but for, for me to listen to Honor for 20 minutes, encouraging me to love my enemy, the person that... Maybe in my heart I've grown hatred towards, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm cutting out, I'm ducking, we'll, we'll look at next week, see you later. So most of us, some of us will find these rules, or when, when rules come our way from Christ, or Christ calls us to live in a certain way, overwhelming and discouraging, and we will just tap out and say, we're out of here. Then there's a second group of us in the room, and, and some of you actually love rules, some of us... Um, I think that there's a thinking in us that's saying, no, give me the rules, I can do this. Um, and in Jesus' time those those kind of guys or the guys like that who think like it would be the Pharisees. They were expert rule keepers. They were brilliant at keeping all the rules. And so you could imagine Jesus sharing these things and the Pharisees saying, Yeah, we can do that, we've got this, we've sorted this thing, and created like this this idea in their hearts that they they could easily answer to this thing. maybe there's something in you that's saying bring it on i'm strong enough i know jesus i've been a christian for a long time i love my enemies and i'm praying that maybe god will soften your heart tooth today and then there's a third group amongst us today and i can literally think of a few friends like this that as soon as the rules come out you know them because you've played monopoly with these guys they start looking for loopholes as soon as the rules come out they find ways in which they can either manipulate the rules, or that the rules don't really apply in the way that they read it. We all know friends like that. We've all had Monopoly games that end up in a family war because of people like that. (laughs) And so there's something in that, where where Jesus brings his rules out, I love you, and maybe some of you have found yourself going, I don't think Jesus quite meant love your enemy. I think there's a different thing that Jesus has got here. And we might even go... Um, deep into theology and the Greek and the Hebrew and, and try and over-spiritualize this. And I think the mistake that we often make with Scripture is we don't read it at face value. We, we, we think there's something else in it. Jesus is literally just saying, love your enemy. There's no loopholes here. It's just, hey, I'm calling you to this. And Jesus does this and he models this to us. And we're going to see that. Why is this so hard for us to do? I remember um, in our early years when we had young kids, um, one of the, the interesting, let me put the word, I'll use the word interesting because it could always be awkward sometimes, is when two young moms with young toddlers would have their first play playday together and, and they're nervous because they're not quite sure if their kids are going to get on, if the kids are going to fight, if my kid's going to embarrass myself in front of my other friend or the other group, um, and if my kid's going to bite another kid, etc. I'm, I'm sure you've all been there, if you've had kids. We've all been there, we've all heard those stories. And so this is not, what happens when you hear... You're playing, the moms are sipping tea, and the next thing you hear, one of the kids screaming as if someone has just murdered their, their favorite cat or whatever. And you rush across, and you see that um, Adam has taken Ben's or Joe's little car, and Joe's highly unhappy that Adam took his favorite toy car. And there's a massive fight going on, and there's a tug-of-war going on, and and there's, this is we're never going to be friends. You've just taken my favorite toy car from me. And I think there's something like that in our hearts as adults, if we're honest. We don't enjoy people taking stuff from us. All the examples that we read and Jesus gave was 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 about when he spoke about enemies of is taking. If someone takes your cloak, if someone steals from you, if someone that you borrowed money to never give it back to you, it's there's a stealing, there's a something's taken from us. We don't know the reason why why Adam took from Joe or Joe took from Adam. It could be that. That Joe was just in a mood to tease Adam and see how he would respond. Or it could be that Joe was um, jealous for Adam's friendship and he, he, he thought maybe if I take the car, you'd give me some attention. Or it could be that just that Adam just thought I deserve this car and I want it. And it could be as simple as that, but there are many reasons why people take from us. There are many reasons why people hurt us. And even as we prepare it, this this idea of our enemies, of, of people taking or hurting deliberately. I mean, it could be a life that has been taken. It could be a wife or a husband. It could be a marriage that's been destroyed because of a person. It could be a child's future destroyed because of a person. It could be a career destroyed. It could be a reputation broken. It could be friendship broken. It could be physical harm that's come to you. It could be a house that's lost because someone didn't pay their bills or didn't stole from you and lied to you. It could be we've all experienced incredible... Losses in our lives. We all have enough reasons to feel that this person or those people are our enemies. And Jesus is speaking to each one of us this morning. To each one of us. We all have our own stories. We all have, we've all, because of our brokenness, have experienced people taken from us. And we've all reacted like the, the angry toddler. How dare you? How dare you take from me? How dare you not give back? How dare you not honor your word? How dare you? gossip about me how dare you steal from me we've we've all experienced that loss and that anger against it and yet to the very people that have taken and and and, and, and hurt us Jesus is calling us to love Why do we struggle to do that? we struggle because we don't enjoy people taking away from us we just don't. We feel we're entitled, we've earned it, we've got the right to be happy. We've got the right to just leave me in peace, let me just be. We really battle with that. It's hard to be motivated to love someone that's hurting us or even particularly if they're intentionally hurting us, taking from us, we've earned this thing. We, we, There's a bit of entitlement, but this is mine. It's, I'm the owner of this. How dare you take what's precious to me? And obviously depending on how and what they've taken from you, How precious that is to you personally, the stronger the the feeling of animosity or hatred could even be towards your enemy. And yet Jesus, in his love for us, in his grace towards us, calls us to love these very people that we would deem enemies of our lives. It's radical. It is. You can understand why people would feel overwhelmed or discouraged or, or find a loophole around this. The second big reasons why we why we struggle to love our enemies is because we actually know what it means to love our enemy. We, if you're a Christ follower, we've all been to weddings. Even if you're not a Christ follower, you've been to weddings where the pastor reads one Corinthians 13, what love is. And I want to just read it again and just so apply these things to your enemy. Can you imagine? Let's do it this morning. Think of someone that you're really struggling to get on with that has caused you harm or that you need to forgive and you need to love. As an enemy this morning and and think of applying these things to that relationship love is kind love is patient sorry first be patient with that person love is kind to that person love does not envy or boast we're not competing to show ourselves better than that person or we're not jealous of what's happening in their lives love is not arrogant or rude we we're not proud about that we are not like them or we're not rude towards them Love is not irritable or resentful. We We're not resenting. We don't. We don't wish bad things on them. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. We. We. We're not waiting for something wrong to to, to happen in our lives. We're going, yes, justice. We've got it Or like a friend of mine says, "Hapa, ha, ha, Yeah, you know what, what my, my, my granny used to say, "De sambok." Yeah, that's that's justice. That's right. No, we don't live with that sense of we can't wait for wrong to happen to you to justify to balance the scales but we rejoice in truth the truth of christ to the lives we love bears all things we bear with them we are patient with them love hopes for all things we we hope for the best for their lives how hard is that for you do you hope for the best of those who you consider to be your enemy that is taking away from you love endures all things we suffer all things for For the sake of them. That's a hard list. It's a beautiful list when when you're reading it at a wedding. (laughs) It's not a beautiful list when you're reading it this morning and saying, Wow, is this the love that Christ is calling us to? Patient, kind, enduring, rejoicing when they win, not resentful, not wishing wrong on them, believing for all things, hoping for all things, enduring. This is the love. And because we know this love, I think because we know how incredible this love is, we kind of, before we even say yes, we go, oh, I, I don't know if I can say yes to all those things. And I want to say to you, I don't think any of us can say yes with, with full confidence. We're not Pharisees. We're not, I pray we're not. I'm, I think there is Pharisees in all of us. I think there's a self-righteousness that I can do this. But as soon as you read a list like this or you look at Jesus, you're going, oh, I need help. I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to love my enemy the way Christ asks or demands of me. The third big reason why we we find a loophole we try or we don't want to obey or we we don't believe we can is because we we've taken our eyes of christ we've just forgotten the gospel and i know i say that a lot but we have and in this particular one it's even more relevant than any other we look we've forgotten and we've we've forgotten how jesus loved his enemy how even with his death on the cross when they were ripping they were they were they were mocking him they was taking they were taking his dignity his life his kingdom, his reputation, his, they were mocking Christ. Even in that moment of everything being stolen from him and taken and robbed by his enemy, Christ in him spoke love and mercy and forgiveness over that. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. is—it is, it, it is it, uh, uh, The young guys call it, it's mad to think that someone would, it is madness. The gospel is madness. It doesn't make sense. to to the way that you and I have been taught about life and justice and tit-for-tat and how this thing works. And more than just forgetting how Christ modeled loving his enemy, we've forgotten, which I think is the most important thing that you and I forget often, is that we we were his enemies. We were those ungrateful enemies, evil people that God showed mercy. So the passage ends with, he showed mercy to to the ungrateful and the evil. That's you and I. See, Paul describes you and me, before we, we become Christians, Paul describes us as enemies of Christ. We weren't, we weren't Switzerland, yeah. we weren't neutral ground. We decided we are opposing Christ. We were Paul on his horse, persecuting Christians, and Christ knocking him off his horse, opening his eyes to the gospel and getting saved. You and I, that's, that's us. You and I are not the one walking down the field... Thinking good thoughts and and loving thoughts towards everybody else in the world, and then deciding, I think I'm going to follow Jesus. No, you and I were enemies of Christ. Paul describes that was our condition. We think that there, we think in some ways that there were some redeeming qualities in in honor that Jesus would choose honor. He's a nice guy who wouldn't want honor in his family. Obviously, Jesus wanted me, and that's why he chose me and why he saved me. We forget that honor was the ungrateful, evil person that was fighting and moving against Christ, opposing Christ with everything in his life, worshipping God's false gods, opposing Christ, fulfilling their purposes, that when Christ saved Arno, that's who he saved. He showed mercy and love to his enemy, Arno. It's hard for us to hear that now. But I'm going, to show, I'm going to show you how that truth liberates us to love others. But it's only once we truly see ourselves as the as once enemies of Christ, that we find the hope that we can love enemies of ourselves. Because we understand what it's like to receive unmerited, undeserved, unearned favour and mercy and grace and forgiveness and love towards us. Wow! I was the ungrateful child. I was the evil child. I was the... I was a rebel. I was fighting God, and He showed mercy to me. Now I get to show mercy. Now I get to love my enemy, people that are fighting me, f- opposed to me. I get to show mercy to them because I'm the recipient of incredible mercy and love. You see, I love what, what, what Luke does here and Jesus does. He compares what he calls us to to sinners. He goes, sinners um, only give to those, only love those who love you. Um, we call it tit-for-tat. You know, you pay whatever I give you, I'm going to get back. And so I, I invest in a friendship because I get friendship back. And I invest in, in, in a business because I'm going to get some something back. Only fools give to someone with with, a, with no idea of getting anything back. Or who who allows them to steal from them, then gives them more, and not demanding it. Who would do that? Sinners would do that. No, sinners don't do that. We want justice immediately. And so very often our attitude towards people that are opposing us are quite far away from the attitude that Christ would normally call us to or would be calling us to. Now, Christ followers understand that salvation and the grace is 100% lopsided. We understand that this is not, my salvation is not tit for tat. This is not, honor made a good decision, Jesus came and saved him. Honor was a good guy, Jesus got to save him. Honor would do well for Jesus, Jesus got, came and saved him. No. honor was an unbearable, ungrateful, evil person. That didn't deserve any grace or mercy or love from Jesus. Yet Jesus, in his kindness and his mercy, left eternity and died on the cross, my death, on his death, so that I could experience the grace and the mercy of God and become one of his sons. As Luke says, We were, we are sons of the most high. How did I become a son of the most high? How did I inherit eternity? How did I inherit Christ as my treasure? By the grace and the gift of the gospel. How incredible is that? The gospel is 100% lopsided. If there was a scale, it would be bust. And it would be all Christ. And, and the, I think one of the, the, the famous preachers said, the only contribution that we made to our salvation is our sin. Is that we were sinners that we needed saving. So how can we do this? Where do we find the strength and the hope? It's like, Come on, let's do this. Um, some of you have to do it to get your exercise going. But in Matthew, Jesus says... And remember, Matthew elaborates on the Beatitudes more than, than, than Luke does. And this, where Luke says, rejoice, rejoice, Matthew says, rejoice, rejoice, but he adds this, and be glad, for your reward is in heaven. The key to joy and loving our enemies, because our reward is in heaven, we have a future reward, we have a future grace. Our, our great reward in heaven allows us to, to let things slide, to let, to let things ta- be taken from us, to for us to allow loss in our lives, agony, to go through, through agony and pain and suffering. We, we go through it. Bec- why? Because there's a great reward for us. The joy of, of a, and the freeing power to love our enemy comes and, 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 to, and, and love those who persecute us, comes because we have a great treasure. We have a great joy that awaits us. Psalm 63 verse 3 says this. It talks about um, that we must be persuaded in the midst of great agony. This is what it says that the love of God is better than life. That even my life, that the love of God, this incredible gift that God has given me, His love, His mercy, His grace towards me right now is greater than any suffering or agony or pain, even death, cannot compare to the love and the beauty of Christ. If on the day that I met Christ, if we had scales, and on the one hand I had health, wealth, family, Good relationships, you name it, fun, you name all the good things in life in this end. And if in the day I came to Christ, Christ came onto this side of the scale, and from the day one from becoming a Christ follower, if all these things were taken from me, this would still make me happy. I'd still find, I'd still have more than all these things taken away from me. And that's how the gospel works. This great treasure outweighs any other treasure that we have. From loved ones, from marriages, from kids, from, from businesses, from reputations, from, from, from just happiness in our lives. Christ weighs far heavier and more as our treasure than any of these things. Loving your enemy doesn't earn you the reward. Remember, that the, in the gospel, order is important. What comes first is important. Jesus is not saying, if you love your enemy, you will inherit eternity. No, he says, rejoice, because eternity is yours, love your enemy. Because eternity is yours, because you have this great treasure in eternity, because you have this great treasure in Christ, now go live your now go love your enemy. Because you're so secure, because I you found all your joy in me. Nothing can steal your joy. Now I know it's not real because we are still broken and fallible human beings. Um and, and, and we, we don't enjoy stuff taken from us. We don't enjoy um going to load shedding four. I don't even know we had four stages. We don't enjoy stuff. We look at look. I've watched the news presenters in South Africa. How angry! How disrespectful! How 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 how, how frustrated they are with government officials, with what's going on with 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 thieving. And we don't do well with people stealing from us. But because Christ is my great reward, I'm able to love my enemy. Because I was an enemy that deserved nothing other than death and destruction and hell, because I was that person, and because I I get that, I now have to, I, I want to love my enemy, I desire to show mercy and grace to the ungrateful, the evil in my life, I was that ungrateful, evil person, you were that ungrateful, evil enemy of Christ before Jesus opened your eyes to him, and his love and his mercy, and because you and I have received that, we get to, but we also not just get to, we are commanded by Christ. To, why? Because He is he's winning, he's winning us towards Himself. He's showing us. When Christ commands us to these things, He's calling something out of us. He knows it's in us. He knows the Spirit. He knows the power of the gospel is in us to transform us. Can you imagine a city where Christ followers are loving their enemies? Being patient, being kind, not not, not without, the, without any cognizance or, or thinking, but deeply thought through, deeply praying through, deeply heartfelt love towards those who we deem to be our enemies. What would the Islamism look like? What would our, our church be like? What would our city look like? What would our world look like? If Christ followers decided we're going to show love and mercy and grace, we're going to show the same mercy and grace and love, that we receive from Christ as sinners, we are going to show the same towards those who who fight us or who we deem our enemies. It would change our world. The power to love our enemy comes from our hearts being content in Christ as our treasure, eternity as our treasure. Let's pray together. Maybe just take a moment this morning for you to Think through who is your enemy. Maybe you right now are your heart's bitter and it's blackened by, by anger and vengefulness or unforgiveness towards your enemy. And maybe you the you part of the, the group that, right in the beginning said, this is just too unbearable. This is, this is just too discouraging. I'm, I can't do this. This is I can't get there honor. Maybe you've looked for loopholes where I don't really have to love my enemy, do I? There must be a different way to live. Maybe you've tried and you've failed and just given up because it's just too hard. Jesus, would you come right now? Would you remind us, Holy Spirit, of, of your incredible love for us, your grace towards us? Lord, would you enlarge the gospel in our own eyes and our hearts? Lord, would we... Have a greater picture of just how rotten we were and how undeserving we were of your love and grace not to to cause self-pity but to for us to appreciate just how radical your grace and love was towards us so that we would show that kind of love to our enemies jesus would you keep fresh in our hearts that our satisfaction in you would you would you help us see you as our treasure, our ultimate treasure, that should we lose everything, even life, that your love is, is more precious than my own life, that being with you is more precious than living, than, as Paul said to, 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 to his, his, his followers and to churches, uh, for me to be with Christ is far more, more better than, for, for me than, than to be here. Lord, I pray that we would grow in our hunger and our appetite for eternity and for you, that nothing in this world would satisfy that that we would grow in our ability to show mercy and grace to, to the unappreciating, to the, to the the ungrateful and evil amongst us, that we would show mercy towards those. Lord, would you continue to show mercy towards me? Would you empower me in Jesus' name? Amen. Pray for you this week that God would cause the scripture to, to sit heavily on you in a, in a beautiful way where, where he doesn't let us go, where he doesn't let us off the hook, where we... We get to challenge ourselves and we get to see the gospel work out in our lives. Have a fantastic week.